you don't like that at all, do you? No, it's that is that is pumpkin spice apple cider. What? What am I drinking? No, I described what I'm drinking, but it, you know, it reminds me of like simple apple or yeah, like the the simply apple juice. There's a reason I stopped drinking that because literally every time I drank it, it would make me feel thirsty, and I drink more of it, and I call it crack juice. That's this, but with pumpkin spice in it. And this is Shadow Fox, and that's what I'm drinking. There you go, guys. Hey, it's been a while. Hi. Welcome to the GNA Podcast. Uh, we are sitting here because we had to do an audible and record on a Sunday um, because, well, yeah, Thanksgiving, all that fun stuff. But you're still going to get an episode. It was also my birthday this week. It was. It was. I won't say which day it was, though. But he also got a really fat cake. Super fat. And uh, and he got some range time happening. Yeah, soon, hopefully. Yeah. I got I got some stuff I need to go put through its paces, get some rounds down. Hopefully, I can get some ammo for cheaper than a dollar fifty a round. Well, they were what, what rounds do you need? So I need three hundred blackout, but I needed subsonic because the upper I just got is like a seven point five and it's suppressed. So I mean, all blackout ammo like. Sub or super is all like a dollar fifty right now, even on bulk purchases. Yeah, I'm pretty confident you're just going to be paying a, a metric ton for that. Yeah, and I, I knew that going into getting a 300 blackout, but I really like just wanted to screw around with it because shore barrel plus suppressor, you don't get better than 300 blackout, and it is what it is. Well, I am drinking 120 minute IPA, but I poured it so horribly wrong. That, uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention, and I forgot I was pouring a 120. And I uh, I didn't leave the little bit in the bottom. Poured it right out. <laughs> so now I've got a fairly fruity 120-minute IPA. But I still like it, so it's not bad. So, like, what's, what's the actual brand of the thing I'm drinking if people want some pumpkin spice apple cider? It, it was uh, Big Red Truck Pumpkin Apple Cider. Okay. That might be like a local thing. I don't know. Who knows? Delicious, though. It is. It's even better with a little ginger spice whiskey in it. I, I kind of feel like a basic bitch, though. No, I said basic. I got a drink. Oh, true. I didn't realize it was pumpkin spice when I bought it. But it works, whether it's pumpkin spice or not. So, first port, first uh, blah, 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 first segment, State of Games. State of Games are where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week or pontificate about how we feel gaming is today. Oh, I can actually do it properly versus how long ago it was. Because you know me, I never play anything new. I just, I, I play The Division and I'm happy. But no, so I've been playing um, Brilliant Diamond. That's a Pokemon game. That, that is the fourth gen remakes. And it is, it is not... Like, it's still, like, it is a remake of Gen 4, uh-huh. full stop, and Gen 4 is the one I actually have some of the lowest amount of experience on. Um, like, Gen 4 came out, I was like, okay, this is fine, but I never, like, bought Platinum. Like, I've, I've always gone back, and, you know, I bought Blue, then Yellow, and then Gold, then Crystal, and then Ruby, then Emerald, but with Gen 4, I did not do Platinum, and Platinum was the one that they actually did, like, a significant overhaul to the story for. But I never did that. Gen 5 with black and white. I did black and white too. Um, Gen 6, they didn't actually make anything other than X and Y. 
which was strange. And then Sun and Moon, Sun and Moon 2. And now we had Sword and Shield, and I picked up Sword. But so, like, Gen 4, I think I did, like, one playthrough, and I was I was good. So um, the story feels fresh to me, but, like, the, the overarching, it doesn't have, like, the weird slowness issues that, like, Sword has. And on top of that, the fact that it's that top-down, everything just... It feels like you're playing a traditional Pokemon game. But in the combat, it, instead of just like Sword and Shield, you have the 3D sprites, the playing around. There's some annoying things that kind of like slow it down. And I've seen this on the internet where they're like, hey, yeah, your Pokemon dodged an attack because, you know, it's affection towards you. I'm like, that's stupid. But overall, I think it's a it's a nice return to like the actual good parts. Um, maybe a few things that need to still be tweaked like quality of life things but overall i've been having a lot of fun and because on the switch i can detach the controllers and hop on the treadmill and walk for an hour and keep playing nice yeah as i say i played um i played diamond the hell out of diamond i love that i played originally yellow um i i can't say that i've played a ton of pokemon games i do have sword and my one big gripe about sword is that it wasn't top down so it really didn't feel like it felt odd as a Pokemon game to me. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it was still top-down in general. Like, yeah. it's still the layout and everything of it. But it wasn't top-down. It was kind of isometric. Or- well, well, something that they did well in there, but it ended up being way too small, was, like, the wild area where, like, I could handle, like, the 3D thing. But, like, all the Sword and Shield is fixed camera except for the wild area. And the wild area is awesome. You can move around the camera and stuff. But it's just so small Mm. but then going back to like the the remakes they have that underground area but when you go into like one of like the caverns and stuff they have a similar situation where the pokemon are just running around on the open world and you can dodge them or you can just go and fight them so that's nice as well yeah yeah that was one of the things i i've always enjoyed about pokemon games though is that uh where you can run around let's say that was the only thing is like i'm i'm an old school rpg style so that the where you just randomly get a battle is more down my alley yeah. because, you know, you're just running around and that's how the old Final Fantasies were. I, I mean, mean, the mana games weren't because... Go- Golden Sun was the same way. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And like, the like Final Fantasy X they did, then I think that's the last one that they did, like the mainline games where it was random battles and then 11 was the online stuff. Then 12 switched to the open world. You, you yeah, ran into something... Yeah. You kind of saw it before you got to it. Yeah. You kind of run from it by just physically running from it. But you, you lose the surprise of, like, a cactar popping up and then just wrecking your day. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that I enjoyed about it. Especially, like, in the old Dragon Quest games where all of a sudden you'd be running around and then there's a metal slime and you're like, what the F is this thing? That's uh, That was one of the things that I... I I, I, and like I said, that's kind of like with the uh, the secret games, like Secret of Mana, uh, or the Mana games, sorry, the Secret of Mana and um, Trials of Mana, stuff like that, where you would see the enemy and you could kind of just like run around it to kind of dodge it. But it kind of, I don't know, it took, it, it, it even with like Secret of Mana, it was still a turn-based thing. So once you hit them, all of a sudden, bloop, it went into a battle sequence that you yeah. couldn't really get away from. Did, did, the, did the Seven remake have... Enemies that you ran into? I haven't played it. I cannot I only remember. I haven't played it. Like, the combat, though. So, like, I'm fine with turn-based combat. I don't like the Final Fantasy VII turn-based combat, where it's that constant active thing. Seven's not bad. Like, seven I can handle. 
I prefer like the style of ten, where it's it's still active. Every every action changes like the cooldown thing, but when it's your turn to select something, it pauses, lets you select a thing. So fun thing on that. Go ahead though, finish up. But like ten two, where they went back to the full time active like seven, but it's it's crack speed even on the lowest speed. It is. Like, you're sitting there trying to find your, like, I couldn't use black magic at all because I had to go and find the command, and by then I've already been attacked three times because you, you just gotta spam X. So there's, and, and I could be wrong on X2, I'm pretty confident it's on 7 because the, the active passive thing or the active wait thing has been there since, I think, Final Fantasy 4. Yeah. So you can actually switch it to be active or wait, depending on what your play style is. I think that it's been a long time since I did a playthrough of seven, but like the, the final fantasy seven remake, like I remember when it was first announced, my question was, well, is the combat system like 12 where it's just mostly you control one character and they don't, yeah. like, it, it's just, well, 15, you, you know, a, attack or whatever, but no, it ended up being exactly like I thought it was going to be with like the kingdom hearts combat style where, mm. Yes, there are those RPG elements. Yes, you can select black or white magic or potion or whatever, but your default action is just going to be spam the X button. But it also, like, it's not where 12, it doesn't matter what your distance is from the enemy, an attack's an attack, but 7's like Kingdom Hearts where you actually have to be in swinging distance of your weapon to actually work. Well, so if I remember 12 correctly, and I didn't play a lot of 12 because 12 is where Final Fantasy started losing me. Uh, but if I remember in 12, you could set up command chains where your characters that you weren't playing as would have a certain set of commands that they would run and do. Yeah, that's, so that's like, accurate. So like you would just say, okay, you'd get into a battle and they would already have all the things they're already doing so they would just crank right along i i think it was a like a, a combination system of like previous ones like 10 where you could still actively control everybody if you wanted to but at the same time you could go in there and you could set their okay and i think it was like pretty granular where you're like if everybody's hp is above like 50 percent, focus on attacking but when somebody drops start working on it i think you yeah. can set that up yeah. if i'm remembering it's been a while i bought it for I bought it for the PS2 when it first came out. I got the collector's edition. I never ended up playing it. Like, I started playing it. And I was just like, what? what is this? I got it for the Switch, and then I played a lot of it. Not very far into it, because it's not as bad as 13 with the progression of, like, the story. Oof. Oof, 13. 40 hours into it, and yeah, you're still on a linear path. And I actually got stuck somewhere and I couldn't progress because there's nobody else to fight to level up. And there was a boss that just kept wrecking me. But yeah, the 12, I, I got a pretty good way through before I stopped playing switch to something else. And it's not bad. It was, it was the combat system I could deal with. Yeah. See, 12's combat system is where things lost me because yeah. I am back, back when 12 came out, I really should revisit it to be hundred percent honest. I should revisit it because when 12 came out, I was an extreme traditionalist when it came to battle systems, and it felt so much like an MMORPG battle system. And at the time, I was in my state of I hated MMORPGs because I got hooked on them, and I was like, I can't, I have to distance myself as much as possible. And I just, I physically hated them all. I think that was like, I think that was Square's point, though, because this was probably co-developed at the same time 11 was. 11 was that MMO first attempt before yeah. 14. Yeah. Which, I don't... Was 11 successful? I know 14's still, like, going hard. Oh, 14's going real hard. But 11 was... I know a lot of people who played 11. I don't know if you would... 
it depends on what your your definition of successful is. I think it was successful as a game, but I think it kind of fell short because to get it, you had to you also had to get the the PlayStation like if you got it for PS2, you had to get the PlayStation hard drive with it and the PlayStation NIC card with it, and I think they oh, bundled yeah. that all together and it made that price point a little bit higher. It was that was I I, I forget about that. So like the Xbox when the Xbox came out, it was online ready. Yep. I mean, even even if the online service didn't really exist, it it was it was capable of it. And like, well, Xbox had Xbox Live. It was yeah. it was there, and it was right off the bat. The original Xbox they nailed. Yeah, they a hundred percent nailed. But like, I, I remember like the fat PS2. It didn't even have an Ethernet port on it. You no, had to, you had to no. buy the little box that went on the back. No, but you also got to keep in mind that the PS2 came out. I think like a year or a year and a half, yeah. maybe even longer than before the Xbox came it, out. The it, Xbox had a lot of development time. Like it, it just surprised me that like okay, so <laughs> we're gonna go into like consoles now. So like the 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 Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it still used like the old like telephone connection, but. It, it came out with that internet capability from day one. Yep. Was it ever utilized? Not really. Not in the U.S. Maybe Japan. But Sony was just like, we're not like they put in the expansion bay, but they didn't have an Ethernet capable off the get go. But Microsoft was just like, nope, internet's here, internet's going. I was just say so that that's the big thing between when PlayStation Two came out and when PlayStation Two and Dreamcast came out because Dreamcast, of course, came out first. And, uh, of course, Sega, I, I love them to death, but Sega, just like what Sony did with the PS3, they were way ahead of their time and what yeah. they were thinking. They saw what was coming down the pipe, but they just didn't angle it right. Like, they didn't they didn't pivot with the way the community was going. And the, the unfortunate part is, is how it seems to go is somebody comes out and says, hey, this is where we're going. And everybody goes, no, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Ah! And yeah. they scream and yell, and then that thing fails. And then the next thing comes along and go, hey, guys, uh, we do this. I mean, we also do this on the side here, but we do this, you know? Well, maybe some of that, like, online success that Xbox had. And, like, the the initial Xbox Live on the original Xbox, I don't recall ever, like, really playing, like, Xbox Live on that. But, like, Halo, Halo 2. Halo 2 was suddenly... Hey, mom, I need to buy Xbox Live. Why do you need to... How much does this cost? And it was like $50 for the year. Why do you need that to play on the internet? We have the always-on internet. It's a requirement to play Halo. And, like, you wanted the new maps, and it was just... Internet speeds were so slow, it was just easier to go buy the disc from, like, the GameStop and then install it from the disc. And it was just like, okay. But, like... I think Halo 2 was definitely what pushed the, it was the real, like, online first-person shooter. People played it nonstop. I mean, people did land parties with the original, like, Halo CE, and there were ways to, like, well, there was, like, some kind of service that allowed you to use the land parties, but over the internet with the original Halo. I did a little bit of that, but then Halo 2 just, like... Oh, yeah, took it right up, blew it right out of the park. Blew it right out of the park. It was just... The lobbies were always full. You know, you ended up in a clan. You ended up talking to those people for years. Mm-hmm. So, man, I miss those days. Yeah, man, man. Dude. And the thing is, I will always hands down say, Microsoft nailed it with that first Xbox. In fact, that first Xbox, I had, I still had my original Xbox when I had my PlayStation 4. 
And I was using my Xbox because the thing that I loved about the original Xbox, you could mod the hell out of it. I had a tele- I had a remote actually hooked up to it where I could turn it on with a remote. Yep. It was a media center PC. I had all of my movies and stuff that I already, you know, I, I'd made my backups of my actual DVDs, put them on there, and I could just sit there and flip through and watch it. It was a media center PC before media center PCs were cool. Well, the only thing that they didn't nail on the original Xbox, and I'm talking the original original, yep. That original controller, holy crap. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. You had and, the S-Type, man. That yeah, the, 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 huge. I mean, think about it, right? So, I mean, with with the Sony DualShock, you have the, the 1, 2, 3, and 4. And the design didn't change. The DualShock 5 is the first actual, like, major overhaul of the DualShock. Oh, yeah. But that Type S controller, like, it was... It was what we have now, except for that black and white button got turned to the left and right bumper. But that design from, like, the 360 controller just was a slight evolution of the S. And the the Xbox One controller, I mean, that that added, like, the uh, one or two more buttons, maybe refined the grip slightly, but it's still the same. And then the Xbox Series X controller just has an additional share button. It's, yeah. But then again, Sony, with the PS3... They started with the internal battery that you just recharged on the USB. They nailed that immediately. Yes. And Microsoft is still behind on that concept for whatever reason. They still believe in, like, the double A's. I don't get it. which is, I mean, you can get rechargeable double A's for it, but they're annoying. And to be perfectly honest, they bulk down that damn controller severely. Yeah. And, like, so Microsoft is like, hey, we have a licensed, like, rechargeable battery pack. But it's some third party. It's not even Microsoft in-house design. And the solution, like, it literally is... The battery itself actually has the charging contacts, and the the case that replaces the battery cover just has a hole, and it fits on the charging stand. Don't get me wrong, the charging stand is nice. It looks nice. I'm like, this is your guys' solution for this? I'm like, the PS5 controller has both the Type-C connector to charge, mm-hmm. and then it has the drop-in pins. Yep. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, I love Microsoft. I use a lot of the products. I... I'm I'm an Azure certified guy, so I like a lot of what Microsoft's doing, but that Xbox controller put in the rechargeable by default now. So it's so funny because when it comes to controllers, Xbox for the longest time has always been my my favorite controller. Like the Xbox yeah. the, the Pro, the Pro controller, that by far was the best feeling controller I've ever had in my hand. And I loved how it felt. And I just was like, man, I want to get one. But I didn't want to drop like 100 bucks, 120 bucks on it. Um, the only thing that other topped that was a scuff controller uh, for the PlayStation. But that's a completely different story. The PS5 controller, I got to say, feels incredibly nice in my hands. I'm a, I have a, I'm a bigger guy. Oh, so that, that, that's why hands. it feels incredible. It, it took me like a week to adjust the DualShock 5. Just because it is, it's not absurdly large, but... Coming, coming from using like a DualShock Four to a DualShock Five, it it does take a little bit of adjustment. Like your hands might be a little bit tired because mm-hmm. you're using a little bit more muscles. But after 100%. I got used to it, I'm good now. Yeah, like the just and the one of the things that I really like about it is, and it's really funny. It's the textured grip. Oh my god, that textured grip! But have you actually zoomed in? Oh and yeah, the, what the textured it, grip it's, is. It's the PlayStation button. Yeah, so man. Thank, thank you, Reddit, for pointing that out. Yeah, like it was always like one of the, one of the things always. Um, and I think it was, was it this controller? I got the Xbox controller in my hand, too. 
Hold on. Well, give me, give me, give me your DualShock Five. Yeah. So, so, I can so yeah, with it. yeah. So, like, feel, feeling the Xbox controller. It, if, if you feel the Xbox controller, it's, it's super slick. It, it's slick, and the I prefer the triggers of the Xbox. I do like the triggers for the Xbox better because I do feel better like triggers. Though I didn't know this when the DualShock Five came out, like because I was playing mostly PS4 games. The the resistance that they can build into the triggers for certain games. It was what was it was Ghost of Shima. I got the PS5 upgrade, and on certain actions, like if if you throw a grappling hook and then you use the trigger to pull down the thing, after you throw the grappling hook, it actually puts resistance on the trigger, so you actually are doing work. That's no something shit. built into this. I thought my controller was screwing with me. I actually had to go like, like, hey babe, come in here, check this real quick, and she's like, holy crap, yeah, that does put res like, and it's it's a I'm like, ah! That's it. I did not know that. That's something I did not know. Yeah, like, I think it's only, like, the developers have to put in the feature, but, like, they did it for Ghost of Tsushima when you get the PS5 upgrade. It actually will put resistance on the controller. Like, okay, so you hold down the left trigger to aim a bow. Once you start doing that, and you start pulling on the right trigger, as you start pulling it in, it gets harder and harder to do. Interesting. Yeah. But if you let go of the aim and just hold the right trigger, nothing. There's no resistance. So, yeah, no, Sony did an amazing job on the, the DualShock 5, and it has everything you need in a controller. I still use an Xbox controller on my PC, though, just because, you know, it, it native support. I They sell the little dongle thing. You just drop it on a USB port, and it works fine. Nah. Actually, I just uh, I just recently attached my PS5 controller via Bluetooth to my computer so I could play. Well, my which, desktop doesn't have Bluetooth. Well, and then that was one of the cool things that I found when I was like, because I came. Okay, so I I, I even though I'm a computer a PC player, I'm, I'm I'm a PC console player. I play everything. I, I don't care. I'm not proud of you. So am I. I mean, I got a PS5 and a Switch. Yeah. I was gonna say I've got a, well, I had a PS and a Switch. Uh, sorry, I had a PS and an Xbox. Got rid of both of them because I figured I'd be able to get my hands on some again. Wow, was I wrong. Oh, you should have joined Buddha and I in the the hunt for the PS5. It it took us like three or four weeks. We well, got it. Well, so the fu- okay, so the funny thing is, is that I've had I think three or four PS5s cross my lap, and every single time I turn around and I give them to somebody else because they're like, "Oh man, I've been looking for one." I'm like, "Well, here you go." Like my brother was looking for one, so I hooked him up with one. Um, my friend from my my PS uh, or my Destiny Clan, uh, Ben, he was looking for one. So I was like, well, here, you know, I, I, I was hooked up with this. Let me hook you up with it. Uh, so I've literally turned around and handed everybody else it. So now, finally, I finally reached. I said, you know what? It, it's time for me to be selfish. I want to get one for me. Uh, and I can't get my hands on one. Like, oh, I fiz- I, like, when I'm trying to get them for somebody else. You're going to have to turn on Twitter alerts. That's, that's how I ended up having to do it. It's I was starting from my Azure cert one morning, and the rumor was going around that the Target in-store drop was going to happen, but you had to reserve it online. And um, Twitter notification popped up. And, like, I had finished studying by that point, but I had my computer already loaded on the Target website for the disk edition, because back when I was doing this, the disk edition was the only ones that you could get your hands on anyway. And I ended up like getting the Twitter notification, rolling off the couch and spamming refresh in the browser till it happened. Got into the cart. It aired out like three or four times. Finally took me to check out. Aired out three or four more times. Checkout completes. And I get the email notification saying, hey, you can pick it up this afternoon. I'm like, I'll still believe it when I see it. And I sheepishly walked into Target after work and was just like, yeah, so I'm here for an online pickup. And they're like, hang on. And they came out and handed me a PS5. 
And I was like, holy crap, that worked. Yeah, I've been trying to get my hands on <clears throat> hands on one. Actually, I want to get... So, I've been debating whether I want to get an Xbox first or a PS5 first. Right now, it's whatever one I can get my hands on. Yeah. I already have a PS5 controller because, actually, Damoc was was going on and on about how the, the PS5 controller felt so good. And I, I, I said, I've always been an Xbox controller fan um, until I actually held the Stadia controller. Now, the Stadia controller, I was very surprised on how good it felt in my hand. It had So, one of the big things that I, I, I really like is it's got to have a nice weight to it. It's got to feel sturdy. You've got to be able to club somebody with it. Exactly. i, I got to feel like I could club somebody to death if needed. But one of, the, like my, one of my big gripes with the PS3 controller, and I know everybody's gripe was, the PS3 controller was so light, it felt cheap. It, it felt like the PS2 controller, but they just cut off the cable. Exactly. That's the way to describe it. Exactly. Yeah, it was so light. And, it, and I mean, I can understand what Sony was going for. They wanted yeah. something that was literally not going to fatigue you by holding on to for a long time. But I And I, I just think that me and everybody else in the world just felt it and went, God, this doesn't feel light. This feels cheap. They should have put a bigger battery in there is what they should have done. Something with a little bit of heft in it. And then they eventually fixed that by putting the rumble packs in it. Yeah. And making them so it had a little bit more heft to it. And that fixed a lot of it. But still, there was that stigma that really, really stuck for a long time. That with the PS4 controller, I think they fixed a bit. It felt a lot better. But the PS5 controller, I think they've really knocked it out of the park. Well, let's talk super light controllers. Like you can still be light and still feel not cheap. Let's let's go back to the Nintendo GameCube, okay. the Wave Bird. I don't think I have that one. So, like the default, like wired controllers of like the GameCube era. Those felt cheap, but the WaveBird was like the first actual wireless controller that like literally took off, right? Because this is this is the original Xbox PS2 days. Okay, but you know Nintendo's over here with like their underpowered GameCube and the Wind Waker, which I love the Wind Waker. We're not going to talk about the tattoo on my arm. Um, <laughs> like they they come out with the WaveBird, and all the WaveBird does is it takes that kind of like empty space in like the center of the controller dumps a battery pack and RF receiver in there and then to save on weight just rips out like the rumble but despite the fact that it doesn't have the rumble which everybody loves the rumble the WaveBird was still a superior controller to the default GameCube controller you put a WaveBird in my hand it feels right and those triggers like I don't I don't know what they were thinking like they're not like a traditional like trigger where there's like a single point they're just like large buttons but something about a WaveBird like it was light but it never felt cheap, and it just it's still one of my favorite controllers today. It just fits in my hand, even though the buttons are asymmetric and the C-stick is not an actual joystick. But you can still be light and still feel like you're not cheap, but you're right. The, those original PS3 controllers just, like they, they just yeah, cut they just, a cable off. They it. felt so cheap, even though they were, I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. They were great controllers. And in fact, I still have three of the damn things in the front room that I use to play on my Steam Link. And they work perfectly fine. They're fantastic. The problem is, is that they just feel they're so light that they feel like you're going to break them, even though you won't. They also they also essentially came in that like Walmart friendly clamshell packaging where you could see into it. Oh yeah. Instead of like that modern design thing where it's like recycled cardboard, but it's nice and like laminated pieces, and you feel like you're opening up an iPad box. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, okay, so. One of the things that I love, and and going all the way back to like original Nintendo days and working your way up, controller technology has just come so far. <clears throat> with 
just like you said with the PS5 with the resistance on the buttons. Yeah. I mean, that, that was something that you could resistance when you were doing like steering wheel and control and stuff like that. That was something that was always amazing to me where you would get heptic feedback when you were steering. Look, I mean, if we go all of it, like, we're talking like a, a, the original Nintendo controller was literally a rectangle. Yep. And the Super Nintendo improved on this design by rounding the corners, but... And adding buttons. And, and adding buttons, but we're not talking about, like, additional buttons and stuff. We're just literally talking about how does this feel in your hand. It was literally a cube with, like, just, like, not even, like, the actual, like, short edges being rounded. We're talking, like, the actual, like, big corners just got rounded oh, on yeah. the Super Nintendo, so it's not stabbing you with a corner. But ergonomics, grip, textures, oh, none God, of no. that. No, no. And then... Nintendo's like, well, here's the Nintendo 64, where they're just like, we heard you wanted some curves, so we put in three places to grip this thing. Oh, God, yeah. yeah they're <laughs> like, hey, you can control it this way, you can hold it this way, you can hold so, it this way. So, so they established that people would actually like something to grip that's not essentially like, well, what a cell phone is now, but with still no texture. But they wouldn't went, hey, how about three places to hold a controller? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. just like, what is this? Yeah, where, where were you thinking on that? But I mean, okay, so but you got to you got to look at the evolution of joysticks in general. Oh yeah, the original joystick, like you go back to like Atari days. The original joystick was just a square with yeah. a joystick on top and a button. I mean, I, I'm not old thumb. enough to have played the Atari. Well, but uh, yeah, okay. I've well, seen it. I though. am. I am. <laughs> I didn't so want to call I mean, it was just out. it was just a square. But then you go to the Nintendo, which was again a rectangle. But where it evolved from was just a square that you had. So they just elongated it out. And it was like, all right, well, people yeah. were used to a square. Let's give them this. But man, there is so much technology. And the, and the best part is, is that you look at the technology that they've used in arcades for, like, as I said, heptic feedback on yeah. steering wheels and stuff like that. And they've incorporated that into a controller that fits into your hands. Like, that's the thing that blows me away yeah. still, is that the amount of technology that they've crammed down into this little, what, five-inch controller? I would hope so. Those things are also like $60 a pop. Uh, granted, yeah. Okay, I agree there. <laughs> um, the only thing that I still I still gripe about, the analog sticks. Yeah. God, they just, they, they, they don't feel so, like, so, I don't know. They just I, don't feel like they're they're the right height for me. I, and so I think that's why I keep going back to the Xbox controller. I like the asymmetry of the sticks. I I don't know what's up with that. Like the it, it I honestly prefer the like how the Xbox has like the left stick a little bit higher up on the controller because it tells you that in your left hand, your primary thing that you need to focus on is moving around. Yeah. That that's it. The right stick is used for aiming, but if you're not aiming, you should be using the buttons. And I, I think I prefer the asymmetry of that. And the Switch has the same setup, too. And I, I think that's just a preference. Like, that's the only thing that's killing about, like, the, the DualShock controllers is those, they're right next to each other. And it just, I don't know, it feels off to me for some reason. No, I can, t- I can definitely feel I can definitely uh, feel you on that. Um, I, I, as I said, I've always liked the feel of the Xbox controller in my hand. Just, just physically the feel of it. And the analog stick placement probably goes along with that because I, I I agree. Like I'm used to running around like that, doing some aiming there, and then be able to quickly snap up like that. That D pad, I mean, that D, I I don't even know why they still have a D pad on the X. I've never used it. That I was to say that D pad is just literally extra buttons. You could replace that yeah. D pad with a whole bunch of other things that you could. And and I've seen PS5 to our titles use the D pad to like. Again, going back to Ghost of Tsushima because that's when I played actually the most on the PS5. Is you know they'll they'll put. 
additional like commands in there, like just quick action, like you know, uh, unsheath or resheath their sword, or some of those might. Yeah, they, they'll use the touchpad too as an additional D pad as well for extra options: swipe right, swipe left, swipe up, swipe down. They have swipe up on like the touchpad is to make the wind blow, which you can use to annoy anybody that's in the room because it just makes the whooshing sound over and over again. But that touchpad, I still haven't seen a good use for it past something like that. That, and you know what? That's one of the big things that I found. Like that touchpad, at at first glance, it feels like it should be really usable. But it's the same thing, like on the Steam controller, they've got that touchpad on the Steam yeah. controller that just it never really felt right. It just I never felt a, I found a great use for it. And man, if you're listening to the show right now and you're like, oh wait a minute, this game had a perfect use for the touchpad. Meant right in. Um, GNA podcast at GNA and your DNA dot one. We would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, let, let us know. Like we're, I'm, I'm interested in a game that uses that touchpad correctly. Uh, one thing though, that I will say that is severely underused on controllers, the six axis support. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few good uses out of it, but it ends up being essentially like a quick time event thing. The best use I saw out of it was actually one of the OG PlayStation 3 games, Heavenly Sword. Never played it. Oh my god, that game was so fun. It it was like um it it felt like God of War. Like, okay. It really just felt like God of War. Uh, hands down. But the cool part about it is that they had several scenes in it where you would shoot an arrow and you could choose to use six axis or you could choose not to if you choose to use the six axis you would fire the arrow and actually use the controller to aim the arrow up and down that that yes that would be a good use like but that still falls under like the it's almost like a quick time event though yeah 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 so i mean it's it's not it's not a constant mechanic and 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 that's a good use of it so like i've seen it where it's like you know kind of like follow around with like the sound like okay you're playing a musical instrument and like it's it's you'll see like the tone coming at you and you have to you have to keep the dot in the middle of like the lines and you just use that six axis controller and for quick time events it works fine and i'm fine with that i think that's a good use of it but almost any like i think i think it's I think it's having to deal with, like, the motion control that Nintendo's been trying to do for so long. Like, they tried it with, like, the 3DS, they tried it with the Wii, the Wii U, and still with the Switch. Man, my first reaction in most games that has any kind of motion control aiming is, I turn that right off. I'm like, just give me the stick. And I agree. Like, that that stick control gives you that extra feeling to it. One of the things that I really, really dig, or why I would really, really dig, um, it makes me think of Elite Dangerous docking ah so if i if as i'm sitting there and as i'm docking i can use the controller to just angle my ship versus trying to use the sticks to do that for me i think that would be a great use for it so so like what let's let's say halo reach that 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 dog fighting in space thing Okay. That would be sweet to actually just use the controller that that six axis for things like that. I'm not saying like for a full combat sim, but for like space battles. That would be fun. Like Halo's had a few where you're controlling a ship in space, and that would be fun to actually control the pitch and the yaw of your ship with the controller. Yeah. I think that'd be a good use of it. You, you hear you hear me, Phil Spencer? You hear me? You hear me? You hear, hear me? You hear don't, it? Don't delay Infinite's campaign just for this, but, you know, down the road.
Sorry, it was short. On that note, Shadow Fox, where can people find you at? Oh, good luck. <laughs> I've been off the grid for like a couple of years now. So I still have an Instagram. It's Morgan BS Photo. I still put photos up there on occasion. I hope to be doing more soon once it warms up in the spring. But I have my Hawaii trip photos up there, and they're beautiful. I rode in the helicopter. And they are amazing. If you have not seen them, check them out. Uh, hey, hey, Buddha, where can people find you at? Where I'm off the grid. No social medias. Completely off the grid. Nice. That's actually mostly true. Like, he has a Facebook, but you won't find it. And he has no Instagram or anything like that. I got Messenger. I don't really have Facebook. He doesn't even answer his messages. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter. Cecil Xavier everywhere else. Um, if I'm not there, let me know. I'm on Ustream, Mixer, not Mixer, friggin' Twitch, uh, Facebook, everywhere else. Uh, if you can't find me, let me know. I'll, I'll upload there. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show, so if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on, find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, or Google Podcast now. Uh, Spreaker, Player FM, Your Tuner, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all bunch of places. If we're not there, let us know. We'll upload there. Ooh, Pornhub. Actually, I think we're on Pornhub. Sweet. I, I know think, what I'm doing after this. I think we're actually on Pornhub. Um, and if we're not, we'll upload there. Um, what else? Humble Bundle. We do uh, Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service with a little twist. Every time you buy a bundle, you can donate to charity as well. Um, if you do go to Humble Bundle and check them out, do the question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of your Humble Bundle link. That lets them know us. That lets them know that we sent you there. Uh, if you have a little sliders where you can give us money, don't give us any money. Put that all the way down to zero. We want you to give it to charity. Throw a couple of Humble Bundle. Maybe I don't know. Um, Maybe some developers, uh, but just none of us. We, we don't care. We don't want the money. We just want to send you there. Uh, we have a podcast, or sorry, we have a website. No, we have a podcast. Dude, the fucking... What are we doing? It's 120. You haven't even drinking your beer that, yet. That 120, I'm almost all the way through it. That 120 is hitting hard, man. It's, it's like, like when you got Buddha drunk here last weekend. Oh, God. Dude, oh, you have no idea. I got my, I got my father drunk, so drunk, he threw up. I have never seen my father throw up drunk in my life. I've seen you finally throw up got drunk. him there. Oh, I've been throw up drunk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh what else? Did I miss anything? I don't know. You don't let me have the scripts anymore. I had scripts. You used to. You're right. I used to. I should get back to that. Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for joining me on the show, man. No problem. Have you a good day. Me. <laughs>